as a lump of salt thrown in water dissolves and cannot be taken out again, though wherever we taste the water it is salty, even so, beloved, the separate self dissolves in the sea of pure consciousness, infinite and immortal. Separateness arises from identifying the self with the body, which is made up of the elements. When this physical identification dissolves, there can be no more separate self. This is what I want to tell you, beloved. My tray. All the content you hear on this podcast episode is fair use, Creative Commons license. back to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. This is episode 186. It is August 2nd, 2022. So this episode is going to be a little bit all over the place, which is pretty much par for the course for me. I, I, I like to uh, 
just cover multiple different topics and integrate them together so that you can have one cohesive you know download or knowledge drop that you can you know listen to and kind of get something out of and in hopefully in some instances you're going to hear something for the first time or you're going to learn something that you haven't really heard before or see how these different elements aspects and issues in our life integrate together so that it's easier for us to digest and see the whole picture of what's going on so the first part of this uh, episode i'm going to get into like just a few quick little topics that i want to cover and then when we're going to get into addressing ending suffering in our lives and the true path to immortality so over if you've been paying attention over the past couple of years there's a new buzzword and that buzzword is sustainable development and what sustainable development dictates is that let's let's not address or let's not put the definition on it that they're spoon feeding us and shoving down our throat but let's look at it in actuality for what it really is and what sustainable development is is a control mechanism to write up a bunch of laws and fines and hang this over humanity's head so that they can have control over us because there's no way that you can escape sustainable development in the sense of if they turn around and implement these carbon taxes and everybody's allotted a certain even though china's polluting and burning coal and you know whatever that is they produce 50 times more pollution than than the rest of the world combined but what they, what they do is they're going to do these carbon credits where if you go over your allotted amount of carbon credits, you're going to have to pay a fine. So in addition to them inflating the money out of existence and inflation and everything else, and I don't want to make this a downer, but we're just going to get into it. Instead of doing that, what they want to do is they want to impose more taxes on us so we suffer more and we have less money to move on. They, they want to, at first, I thought they just want to wipe, up, wipe out the middle class, but now... I can actually see that they just want to wipe out all of humanity. And uh, and on that note, I, it was funny to see um, the other day that whole the Georgia Guidestones where some, some guy blew it up, or I don't know, whatever he did, but there was a pickup truck speeding off, and uh, I, just, I just looked at it and said, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? What else can you say? Not that I had, you know, know anything about it, but I saw it on the news, and, and uh, I was like, yeah, yeah I, I dig it. So... Back to the sustainable development control mechanism. What they're doing is now you're seeing on the news they, they're slaughtering, you know, you know, 500 cows here and you know 800 sheep over there and lambs and this all type of livestock because of the fact that these this livestock they emit uh, methane in the form of farts, like they fart, so they 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 need to be taken out. And what they're trying to push on us is this, um, what's the word? It's plant-based meat. That, that's the new thing. Everything is plant-based. And the reason they're doing this is because, they, again, they want to they wanna wipe out all of humanity. And the only non-elite people in existence are going to be the people serving them or, you know, driving their cars and, uh, you know, cleaning up after them. And, and this is some real stuff, you know, I'm, I'm not kidding, look around you and you can really see it. This sustainable development <clears throat> control mechanism is such a crock because 
you can see right through it. You know, as a country right now, when Biden imposed this uh, petroleum ban where we cannot produce our own oil and he cut off the Alaska pipeline or the Canadian, whatever that was, some kind of pipeline that was bringing in a lot of petroleum and we would just, we had so much of it. <clears throat> but he made a decision to, to end that and to stop that. And what's happening now is we have to get our oil from Russia indirectly. What happens is Russia exports the oil to India and now we're buying the oil from India at double the price. That's nice, isn't it? So there's definitely some very, very nefarious and very malicious intent on everything that's being imposed on us right now. And it's coming under the guise of this whole agenda of sustainable development. Green and everything like that. Now with the electric cars and, and all this. And in reality, if you do research on it, Electric cars actually have a harder impact and cause more pollution than a regular gas car because of the fact that it has the lithium batteries in it and it just has all types of high-tech compounds, elements, and, and uh, these these rare earth minerals and everything like that. And it's, it's they're just raping the earth just to get these minerals out of Africa and everything like that. It's, it's just horrendous, man. And the other thing, <coughs> the other thing, <clears throat> sorry about that. The other thing is that let's say you have an electric car and there's an issue, it stops running or whatever. What are you going to do? You're going to have to bring it to the shop because either you're going to electrocute yourself. You wouldn't even know where to start because it's all computerized. And that's another thing. What's going to happen with these cars after a couple of years, they're just going to, they're going to be obsolete. You're not going to be able to refix that car and you're going to... And if anything, the batteries themselves, because they, there's only so much of a duration of service life for these lithium-ion batteries, you know. So that is what it is. I just wanted to get that out. Now that we're on the topic of electric cars, I want to get on the topic of Elon Musk, which is really interesting. What I see the screen doing, or this matrix system doing, same thing, is that they're propping up this Elon Musk. Now he's speaking up against these big corporations, and he's speaking up against Soros, and he's speaking up against everybody. And it's it's really obvious, if you have the eyes to see, that Elon Musk is controlled opposition. And what I mean by that is controlled opposition, for those of you who know, you know, you know, but I'll explain it for those who don't. What controlled opposition is, is when they prop up their own people to put out this opposition against the government, against this, against that, uh, whatever issues it is, and they do it so that um, they'll prop them up all the way up on, on the highest pedestal and the biggest platforms so that when uh, you want to get your download of news or you go on social media or whatever you want to do, you're going to be listening to their guy, their agent, their controlled opposition, so they're going to dictate the narrative. And they're going to rail against Soros, and they're going to rail against all these people, but they're going to be looking like the good guy, but underneath they're really all in the same club. Right? And there's a few people that, and, and one of the reasons why I say that is, I'm see, I'm just seeing so much Elon Musk. Now he's coming out with a new phone. Now he's got the SpaceX. Now he's boring underneath California to make these rapid transit train tunnels. Uh, you know, there's so many things that this guy's doing, you know, he's, pr he's probably going to come out with a, a line of pancakes and uh, uh, gaming computers before you know it. I'm not saying he, he is a smart guy. I'm not saying he's not, but he's absolutely 100% controlled opposition and I don't trust him as far as I could spit. 
And there's, a, there's again, there's a few of these uh, nefarious types, these controlled opposition types. There's one that I listened to on YouTube. I'm not going to mention his name, okay? But he gets into financial stuff. And as you guys know, my YouTube channel was canceled about a month, about two months ago. And the reason I was given was because I had some interviews with Joseph Campbell, with Bill Moyers, and another series of interviews with another with another guy that was on a radio station. And it was all Joseph Campbell. And these interviews are probably 30 years old. So they hit me with uh, copyright infringement or whatever. And they just they literally just took my whole channel down. Which is cool because everybody's getting knocked off of uh, YouTube. So it is what it is. I actually take it as a badge of honor. But so there's a guy that I listen to on YouTube, this financial guy. And he just rails against the system. And he's calling for revolution. And if they come to his door, he's going to shoot everybody down. Now, if anybody else did that, okay... They'd be canceled in a minute. I have Joseph Campbell interviews that are 35 years old, 30, 35 years old, and I get taken down. And I was getting all kinds of strikes. At this point, I didn't care. Just take the channel down. I really don't care. It doesn't mean that much to me. I have my podcast. I'm good. But this guy just goes... There's a few of them, but this guy in particular, and uh, he just goes on and on. And I kind of see what they're doing because, in essence, what ends up happening is that... um, he has this kind of persona like the guy that, you know, bellies up to the bar and, you know, he gets into it about the mayor and about the president, about, you know, the price of oil and the illegal immigrant. All of it, he gets into it and gets everybody riled up. But underneath the surface, and again, you always have to look not at that top layer, but you got to go down um, into them deeper layers to see what truth is really uh, taking place here. What, what ends up happening eventually, I don't know it for a fact, but I'm 99.999% sure this is what happens. You're going to get some guy out there, and he's going to say, man, this guy's right. We're all in the same camp. We're all on the same page. Reaches out to him and says, hey, you know what? I agree with you, and I got some guns, and why don't we do this? And, and guess what? The FBI is going to be knocking on this guy's door. because uh, It's almost like a DJ Vlad kind of thing. If you know DJ Vlad, he's like a hip-hop. He has a hip-hop uh, interview channel. He's been around for years. And uh, there's this guy, Casanova, uh, who's, who's doing multiple years in prison right now because he did an interview on Vlad and that footage was used against... I'm not, I'm not condoning or promoting crime with people not getting locked up. I'm just putting the facts out the way they are. Anybody that commits crime or murder or whatever, they need to be locked up and need to be addressed. But sep- that's a separate issue for another time. This guy, uh, Vlad... Uh, has a tendency when he interviews people, it looks like a police interrogation because he'll say to them, oh, let me see them tattoos. What does that tattoo mean? And, uh, Tia, tell me a little bit about, you know, you like to wear the color blue, you know, which is, you know, uh, Crip and all that stuff. He just asks these really incriminating questions. I saw he was interviewing some guy, the baby, a rapper. And I listened to some of this music. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, a cult fish. I mean, I... I like to see what's going on around me, whether I like the music or not. I like to give it some exposure and give it a listen and see what the culture's about. I come from, that culture started when I was uh, 15, 16 years old in Brooklyn, you know, that whole rap and break dancing and all that. So I, I keep an eye on it. I follow it a little bit. But this guy, the baby, was getting interviewed. And this Vlad uh, interviewer was asking him these questions. And he said, um, so what ended up happening, you know? And he goes, well, I ended up getting in a fight. And, uh, and he goes, yeah, so you got in a fight with a white dude? And he goes, how did, how did you know that? Because nobody knew that. So obviously there's some kind of tie-in, and he's really trying to incriminate these people. So that's what a lot of these um, big-time influencers and people out there, they're doing it right now. It's really, 
controlled opposition and subversion. So be very careful who you talk to. First of all, walk the straight and narrow path. Because you should have nothing to hide and everything should really be on the up and up. But at the same time, this is something I addressed on, on some of my uh, older episodes. But a lot of times you get one of these Muslim fanatics or whatever like that. Or they'll, the, F, the FBI specifically will cue in on um, a guy who's a little mentally unstable. And uh, will say to them, you know, the FBI will say to them, hey, you know, why don't you do this? Or why don't you blow this up or do that? And, you know. And, you know, hey, we have, you know, we have this here and we have this kind of ammunition here. And they'll make it available to him and give him money and the guy will go out and do it. And then they bust him just before he commits the act so that it looks like the FBI busted somebody. Um, so it's crazy. And it's funny. Sometimes I'll get some kind of crazy DMs and messages on, on my Instagram with uh, some kind of unsavory stuff. And I don't I have nothing to do with that. So any of my listeners, man, if you... You know, into some craziness. Don't don't DM me and don't don't reach out to me. I don't want to hear anything. I keep everything on the up and up. I'm 62 years old and I just want to, you know what I mean? I just want to smell the roses, dude. You know, and just put out my podcast so and live a peaceful life and impart some of the knowledge that I've gained in my life to those people who who could benefit from it. This kind of knowledge, the supreme knowledge. Man, I'm all over the place. But yeah, man, that controlled opposition. Elon Musk. There's a few other names that I had in mind, but they, they you know, I, I don't remember exactly who they were. But you know, by their fruits, you can tell them. You, when you look at at these people, and when you look at this media that's coming at you five million miles an hour, you got to connect one thing to the other thing to the other thing. What are they saying? How come some people are being taken off of YouTube and deplatformed and all these different things like that, but yet other people are just railing from the rooftops with machine guns and everything like that and they're fine they're grown okay and you have to ask yourself why so in this this time i would keep my business to myself because you might have a conversation with somebody uh not knowing that he may be uh, uh law enforcement or an fbi agent or cia whatever and you just might spout off some stuff and not, now you're a target you know because you know they watch every i know i know i'm shadow banned to death man i just know it for a fact like I said, just go on go on iTunes and see if you could find my podcast and, and you won't see it. This is from the last few times that I've looked, but you know, but yet I can see um when I go when I go on personally I can see it, but when other people go on they can't see it. And I can see in my demographics and my statistics and my uh what do they call that? Analytics that I do get a certain amount of listeners from iTunes. So these are probably people that subscribed a long time ago. This podcast has been around for a few years. So it's craziness, man, of everything that's going on right now. So we're going to leave that right there, and we're going to get into the meat and potatoes here. And before I get into it, I got an email this morning from a listener by the name of Sal. Sal, you know who you are. Uh, Really, really enjoyed reading your email, and I replied back to you. And uh, keep them coming, man. Keep them emails coming, and uh, check out my Instagram, my IGTV, which is Alpha Male Buddhist, my website, because I don't have a YouTube anymore. My uh, Instagram, which is Alpha Male Buddhist, and I'm thinking about starting a Telegram. So, if you guys think that that would be beneficial, because the only way Telegram really works is if you have interaction with people. So, yeah, give me some feedback on it if you think that would be a good idea for us to, uh, for me to start a Telegram for us to, you know, get into. I really kind of like the way that Telegram works. It's very, um, very organic and very integrated. You know, where where um, you can, you know, cover different topics and ideas, you know, and share share information and give and get feedback.
So what we're going to talk about today are the keys to free you from all suffering and the keys to stop living in mental slavery, the power of self-realization. Circa 600 BC, in a country which is now known as Myanmar, formerly known as Burma, there was a man known as Siddhartha Gautama. He was a very, very rich prince, and he lived in his father's kingdom, or his little fiefdom, castle, you know, like a Taj Mahal kind of thing. You know, this is East Asia, the Far East. And uh, again, his name was Siddhartha Gautama, and he was a young man. He was maybe, I don't know, 16 years old. And he lived a very, very sheltered life. His, his dad wouldn't let him go outside uh, to see the world because he, he knew one thing about uh, Siddhartha was that he had loads of compassion. He was very compassionate and uh, he really never saw suffering in his life. So his father figured that uh, he wouldn't be able to handle that, uh, you know, the sight of people suffering and death and, and starvation and such. And this is, the, we're talking... Myanmar, Bur you know, Burma back, you know, 600 BC. So, eventually what ended up happening was um, Siddhartha kept telling his dad, hey, I want to get out into the world, I want to see what's going on, and, you know, why am I always cooped up in here? I want to see what's going on. So, his father says, okay, I'll, I'll let you go out and look around, and yeah, you know, come back and we'll go from there. So, so Siddhartha went out, you know, went out, went outside, went into the street, and now this—I don't know what, to what degree of truth this is, but I mean, this is the way the legend comes down. You know, he was uh, Siddhartha was sitting near a field, and as he was sitting in this field, he noticed a farmer pull up a shovel full of dirt, and when he did that, it exposed a worm in the ground, and when the worm ex was exposed, the bird came down and ate the worm. And, uh, you know, obviously the worm died. It became lunch for the bird. And Siddhartha looked in, 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 in awe and he says, you know, this is crazy. Like, why? You know, if that guy didn't take that shovel of dirt out, the worm would not have been exposed and the bird wouldn't have eaten the worm, you know. So this is karma. These are actions, you know, the action of of the shoveling of the dirt and the action of the worm being exposed and the action or the karma of the bird eating it so right right off the bat he realized that there's karma in this world and there's a re repercussions for your actions so it kind of freaked him out and he went back home and he's like you know dad and you know this is what i saw and he kept asking a lot of questions he had everything you could imagine okay everything he was rich he was a prince so kept badgering his dad and his dad said listen Fine, you can go out and, 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 and see the world and see what's going on, but you're going to have to take a valet or like, you know, an assistant with you, you know, to go out there so that, you know, you can have a little bit of protection and you can, you know, you'll, you'll have someone with you. So he, I forget the guy's name. Some of this you can read in a book. It's called the Herman Hess Siddhartha. Really good book. I read it when I was around 15. Really good book. So it's, it's, it's the Buddha story like in, in, uh, in book format, you know, not really religious, but it's like in a book format. So, so Siddhartha went out into the world with his uh, with his valet, with his assistant, and he saw suffering and he saw death, and just all of these just different things. And he kept asking questions and trying to figure it out. And this went on for about a year, and the assistant finally got fed up and he says, "You know what, dude? I I, I can't anymore with you. 
you know, I'm going back to normal life. I'm going back to the palace. If you want to continue on this, you know, do you, do what you got to do. I'm out of here. So Siddhartha continued. And uh, what he ended up doing was he ended up walking up to this tree. It's known as, supposedly, it's, you know, 2,600 years later, it's not the one, but there's the spot where this tree was at. And there's another tree that's called the Bodai tree. So Siddhartha, at this point, he's not the Buddha. Buddha's only a title. It means the self-awakened one. At this point, he's not Buddha. At this point, he is, which means that anybody could attain that title of self-awakened if you get to that level, if you reach that chakra and go above, you know? So he sat under this Bodhi tree, Siddhartha, and uh, he sat there for 40 days and 40 nights, just the way Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And just the way Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, when he came back, he started his his work for, for the Lord. Well, same thing with uh, Siddhartha. After 40 days and 40 nights, what ended up happening was he, he, he opened up his eyes and he looked and there was like the devil in front of him. And that devil... Was in, in in the Indian, the Sanskrit, in the I think it's Pali, P A L I, in that language. It was it's the devil's name is Mara. I think it's M A R A, Mara. So on the fortieth day, again, the Buddha opens up his eyes, and he sees in front of him this Mara, this devil figure, and Mara takes an arrow, a flaming arrow, pulls back on the bow, and. Shoots it at at Siddhartha, and as the arrow and it's a flaming arrow as it's coming from Siddhartha, as it's coming towards Siddhartha to kill him, Siddhartha realizes that this Mara, the devil, is actually his own shadow. So I'll repeat that. Siddhartha, upon upon Mara launching this burning arrow to kill Siddhartha while he's sitting under this Bodhi tree, Siddhartha realizes that the devil or Mara is his shadow. So immediately that flaming arrow turned into a lotus petals and dropped to the floor. Okay. The next thing, a temptress came to appear to him, manifested to him to seduce him. And again, he realized that th these are all elements and aspects that we all have within us. It's just whether you choose to exercise these different options and, and make those types of choices. But again, you know, he realized that the, uh, the seductress, this temptress was just basically a manifestation or an element of his own shadow, of his own darkness within him. And then fear presented itself to him. And he just went on and on with this. And every time anybody mounted an attack on him, they basically just turned to lotus flowers and dropped to the floor, which gets into duality and such. You know, because, and, and actually, when you get into like uh, Carl Jung, like the shadow, the shadow aspect of people, you know, we all have darkness and light within us. And I think to some degree, you have equal amounts of it. In other words, to the extent that you have darkness, you're going to have light. You know, it, it, it just stays in balance, just the way it is. It's just a matter of how you express that, okay? How you live it out and the choices that you make. So, upon all of this taking place, uh, he went from being Siddhartha Gautama to the Buddha, to the awakened one. So once he has reached this state, he says, you know what? He realized that he had figured out the way to end all suffering in this life. Okay. And he went 
on to develop what is known as the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. And he went on to, to teach this, okay? So what it is, is the Four Noble Truths are as follows. The first Noble Truth is this, is to live is to suffer. And the Pali word for suffering here is translated as Dukkha, D-U-K-K-H-A. Look it up, it's really interesting. It's not just suffering and pain, but it's any form of suffering. So the first noble truth is to live is to live is to suffer. The second noble truth is we suffer as a result of attachment, or we suffer as a result of attachment to this world. We suffer as a result of attachment to drugs. We suffer as a result of attachment to greed, to hate, okay? The second noble truth is we suffer as a result of attachment. The third noble truth is there's a way out of suffering. There is a way out of suffering. That's the third noble truth. And the fourth noble truth is the way out of suffering is the Eightfold Path. Now, you might ask, what is the Eightfold Path? Well, the first, uh, the first uh, of the Eightfold Path is right understanding. The second uh, of the uh, Eightfold Path is right intention. The third is right speech. The fourth is right action. The fifth is right livelihood. The sixth is right effort. The seventh is right mindfulness. That's a big one. And the eighth is right concentration. And what they mean by what he means by concentration is wherever you're gonna not just concentrating, but wherever you're gonna concentrate your effort and your motivation, whatever you, whatever you're gonna work hard at doing, you have to do it uh, to meet the right. Uh, you know, type of karmic purpose in, in life. In other words, good, to do good. Now, I just want to emphasize this one more time if I didn't already do that. Buddha is not a God. Buddha is not God. And Buddhists don't worship Buddha. They don't worship him. And maybe, maybe some do. I don't know. I don't worship Buddha. But Buddha was a man, but he was a very special man. And he was an enlightened man. And he's a, a, a profound teacher, okay? Very, very high-level teacher. And if you put Buddha's teachings against Jesus' teachings, it's the same exact thing. Because Jesus said in one word, he says, you know, what is the law? What is the, you know, they ask Jesus, what is the law, whatever. And he says, I can encapsulate the whole law in this one, in this one rule and treat others the way you want to be treated yourself, which is very profound. And Buddhism basically, you know, proposes, espouses the same, same exact teaching, you know, peace and love and and good karma. So Buddha is basically a man who figured out that there is a way out of suffering in this life. Now, in addition to the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path, the Buddha, there's a little book out that's called the Dharma Dharmapada, and I'll spell it, D-H-A-M-M-A-P-A-D-A, -A -A, and I believe it's one word. It's a little thin book, and you could probably read it in an hour or less, and if that book hits you in the right way, it will change the way you live your life for the rest of your life. It's, it's so profound, the Dharmapada. It just cuts right down to the bone, okay? And the first words of the Dharmapada are as follows. And you can, look, you can listen to it on YouTube or you can get a PDF online for free of the Dharmapada. Okay? Because all of the other books on Buddhism basically are interpretations of what Buddha said, what Buddha said in the Dharmapada, you know, you have these Buddhist monks that go on and on. And I'm not saying what they're teaching is wrong, but I like to get to the source, which is the Dharmapada, which is Buddha's words directly. 
And I like to interpret them myself. Yes, it's nice to hear different Buddhist teachings. There's one guy that's really, really good, and, and his name is um, Titch Nat Han. If you go to Google and type Oprah Winfrey, Buddhist monk, because she interviewed him, his name will pop up. He's really, really good. He's Vietnamese. His teachings are so pure. But again, back, back to the Buddhism. So many books, volumes and volumes and volumes of books that you can get lost in. And again, I'm sure there's sound teachings and such, but... But if you read the Dharmapada, it's his words directly, and it will just speak to your soul, you know, if, if it hits you in that way. So the first words of the Dharmapada are as follows. All that we are is what we think. It is founded on our thoughts. It is made up of our thoughts. If a man speaks or act, acts with an evil thought, pain follows him as the wheels follow the foot of the ox that draws the carriage. Number two, the second line of the Dharmapada. All that we are is a result of what we have thought. It is founded in our thoughts. It is made up of our thoughts. If a man speaks or acts with the pure thought, happiness follows him, like a shadow that never leaves him. Number three, he abused me. He beat me. He defeated me. He robbed me. In those who harbor such thoughts, hatred will never cease. Number four, he abused me, he beat me, he defeated me, he robbed me. In those who do not harbor such thoughts, hatred will cease. Number five, for hatred does not cease by hatred at any time. Hatred ceases by love. This is an old rule. Pretty profound. This is called the twin verses. The first chapter is called the twin verses because... It, it has two verses, you know, opposing one another. So again, this is the book, the Dharmapada. One of the tricks that this matrix system is is pulling over our eyes is that the minute you 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 come up with something that's spirituality, for example, let's say, you know, you talk about Jesus, the first thing they're going to snap back is, oh, well, you have the pedophile Catholic priest, and all, which I know they do exist, but just because of that doesn't mean that you have to not have a direct one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, okay? Because God was not the one that did that. God God created everything, you know. But, you know, with the intelligence and the uh, double helix and the DNA, I mean, that's all pure, pure intelligence, divine intelligence. And I put a couple of clips on, like, about the mouse trap and different things like that on one of my last episodes, one of my more recent episodes. But the trick that they play is that they, the other trick they want to play is that, you know, well, you know what, if you follow this religion, you're going to burn in hell and the devil and you're going to, you know, he's going to be sticking you with a pitchfork and all that stuff. Again, nothing is further from the truth because uh, our, our God is a great God and our God is a merciful God. And, and Jesus paid for all of our sins on the cross, you know. So there is not one sin that God cannot, uh, cannot say, hey, you know what, Jesus paid for that sin too, because he is the Lamb of God slain from the foundations of the earth with no sin. So as a result of him not having any sin, he can take our sins upon him, in addition to the fact that he's the Son of God, you know. So, and it's funny, but I'm not, not funny, but it's beautiful that I see a lot of people now are really turning to Jesus, you know. I, I, I always tell everybody, if you want to really know what Jesus is about and God is, is about, and his truth, get a red letter edition of the, I, I prefer the King James Version, it's actually poetic, it's beautiful, that old English, but, or Middle English, I think it is, but get a copy, a red letter edition, 
of the King James uh, Bible and read in, in, the, uh, in the four Gospels. Read, actually, I think it's throughout the whole Bible, but for the most part, it's going to be in the first four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And all of the words that are in red are, are Jesus' words directly. Read, read some of those and see, see how it hits you because it, it's, it's amazing how profound that the love that he has for us is the same love that you would have for your own child. So you, you wouldn't want to have your own child burning in hell, right? No. That's why Jesus took upon us all of his sins. It doesn't mean that you're going to be thumping on a Bible and, you know, drinking spring water and, you know, whatever, you know, and just railing against people, you know, that, that enter a bar to go take a drink or whatever. I mean, you know, nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to be in a situation like that. But the beauty of it is, is that you live your life the way you always live because we all have feet of clay. None of us are perfect and we're going to sin. And the word sin means to miss the bullseye, to miss the target. That's what that means. It means you slipped. But what you want to do is you want to grow in God, grow in Jesus and, and not take the work that he did on the cross for granted. You know, be, be aware of it, be conscious of it, and make every effort. Again, you're going to slip and fall. And if you fall nine, nine times, you're going to get up ten and keep moving. And guess who's going to be pulling you off the ground? It's going to be my Lord and Savior, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's really a beautiful thing to come into a one-on-one -on -one relationship with, with him. You know, I don't want to make this like all Christian podcasts, but look into it, man. Look into it, and I think you're going to really love what you see, because in, in this time that we are right now, we need Jesus, you know? So, that's that's one of the tricks that they play. They, they want you to think that there is no God, and that God is actually uh, Klaus Schwab, you know, or the bootleg uh, Superman villain. What I see today as, as uh, people worshipping are... Um, social media influencers that that those are the people that are calling the shots today and everybody wants to be like them they want to get on youtube and be a millionaire and whatever else fame and everything that comes with that and that that today you know seeking other people's approvals and their likes and their follows and and that's what everybody today is looking for you know as they as their um life is is uh passing them right by they'll be at a base and i see seen it all the time You'll, you'll have parents sitting at a baseball game and they're too busy with, uh, you know, documenting their kid's base hit on Instagram or whatever they do, but they're, they're not actually watching their kid. They're not even there for their kid. They're more preoccupied with their phone, with the device in their hand and, you know, distributing it on social media, which is ridiculous. I actually find myself barely using the social. I use it a little bit. I like it. I like, I like the Instagram because it's kind of quick and you get a quick little jolt. I do a little YouTube, but I don't live on that. I... I kind of do it to kind of, you know, to, of course to have a little bit of fun and get entertained, but I will admit I'm kind of addicted to the puppies. I have to be very honest with you with the with the little French bulldog and the big Rottweiler and all that kind of the chick biting his tail. It's just very cute and it, it puts you in a nice headspace. But today, today people worship social media influencers, man. That That's what it's all about. And that that's pretty ridiculous, man, because that's a... Uh, I don't know, man. It's a game I don't want to play because in that game it ends up just being, you know, eternal suffering, like that wheel just turning and turning, suffering upon suffering upon suffering. Because you see, some of these influence, some of these big rappers, and I don't want to just say rappers, but I'll, I'll I'll put it out there because it's so blatant the way it's done. But you'll see a rapper and he's holding a stack of money like it's a phone book. You know, like uh, he's holding it in his hand like a brick of money, and he holds it to his head like he's talking on the phone or something. 
And what happens is, in all the jewelry and stuff, and the guns, these younger kids, they see this and they say, man, this guy's got a lot of money. My mom can't even barely feed us. We're going hungry, whatever. I want to be like this guy. How did this guy get famous? By waving guns, by spewing hate, by committing crime, by walking around, you know, like getting my face tattooed and such. And again, if you have your face tattooed, that, that's your own business. I can't comment on that. I recommend not doing it, but it is what it is, man. This is this is where we are in, in, in this state of the game in this stage of the game. That's why the world is in the condition that it's in because people have been so duped and so brainwashed and so detached from their own essence of who they are that they just bl blindly follow whatever script this matrix system puts into them. It's an actual documented fact. Type it into Google and see what. And I'm starting to use DuckDuckGo a little bit more because Google is kind of I don't know ridiculous but put this in a search engine um and it's a fact 95 percent uh of the actions that you take and everything that you do on a day-to-day -day basis your conscious mind the way you walk around 95 percent of what you do is controlled by your subconscious mind i'm going to repeat that 95 and put it in the search engine and see what comes out 95 percent of your existence of what you do, except for when you're sleeping, because then you're purely in your subconscious mind. But 95% of what you do is run, that script is run by your subconscious mind. So actually, you're just running scripts that they download into your subconscious mind. So you're just going to be like a puppet, you know, and do what they consume, what they want you to consume and read and like and dislike and hate who, whoever they tell you to hate because... You know, they target different... If you come out with any kind of truth, they're going to hate on you and they're going to cancel you. Like they tried to cancel Joe Rogan. But you can't cancel my man Joe Rogan. My, my man Joe Rogan is bulletproof, man. But they, but they try. And the one reason why Rogan is lucky is because, first of all, he's, he's too smart for that. And second of all, he gets about 8 million downloads a day, if I'm not mistaken. It's crazy. He's a cool dude. You know, a little, slightly a little bit of a sellout, but he, he's starting to come around now. Because for a while that he got he was getting a little ridiculous, but now he's starting to come around to the truth side. And another example of that is you'll see people following sports teams or MMA fighters or boxers or this Logan Paul crap where he's knocking out like you know Tyrone Woodley. Are you serious? That that fight was so fixed. But they want you to you know where. And again, if you do this, that's cool. I mean, I don't have anything against sports. I used to be a big Knicks fan and Yankees fan and all. I still like my Yankees. I'll be honest. But I don't follow it. I don't watch it anymore. Um, but it's almost like a religion. Like as long as they can put you, they got to find a cubbyhole to put you in. So you either you're gonna go in the sports fanatic uh, category, or you're gonna be in the rap category, or you're gonna be in the I want to be a millionaire category. Look around and you'll see it exactly. And it's very rare that you see people that actually have crossover. You know, if you're into the sports, that's what it is. And then maybe you do a little Bitcoin. But everybody neatly fits into these cubby holes, into their own echo chambers. And they just run that script over and over again, day after day. And, and you know, the, one day when, when, uh, when, they, when they die, they're going to, or just before on their deathbed, they're going to look and say, whoa, how did I spend my life? You know, what did, what did I do with my life and all of my time? For me, my passion is knowledge, man, because knowledge is like drinking spring water. You know, knowledge and understanding and discernment. Uh, a really, really good, two really good books of the Bible that you want to read. And, 
And uh, not necessarily that you have to read them as a, as a religious book, but you can read it as a philosophical book. And this is the, the, the wisdom of Solomon. Those two books are the book of Proverbs, Old Testament, the book of Proverbs, and the book of Ecclesiastes. And then if you want to sprinkle in some uh, heavy-duty stuff, the book of Job. Okay? Highly recommended. And, 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 and these books, they not so much get into the religious aspects of it but they get into the wisdom the pure wisdom of solomon which is craziness man just one one um excerpt from the bible there were two women and they were fighting over a baby <clears throat> and one woman was saying that's my baby and the other woman was like no that's my baby or whatever and they, you know in those times you would have to come to the king and then he would make that decision so the two women came up to solomon and the baby was right there so the first one was like, well, it's my baby. And then the other one was like, no, that's my baby. Solomon says, get me my sword. Got a sword. And he says, okay, I'm going to cut the baby in half and each of you can have a half. And one of the women said, no, spare the child, spare the child. Don't just let her have it or whatever. And Solomon says, you know what? You have to be the mother because of the fact that, you know. And that, it's allegorical, but I mean, that that's like some pretty deep stuff, man, you know. You know, I love my allegories. One of the other really big things that, they, and this is the one that they have on hyperspeed, and it's this whole identity thing. Where people, in addition to cub, cubby hauling you or putting you into that slot of being a sports fan or a Bitcoin guy or a get rich billionaire guy in two days, the, the other thing is the identity, where they get into the transgender and they get into um, whatever other identities that they have, like, you know, it's 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 just craziness, you know. What is a woman, and you know, you know, they ask the Supreme Court judge, you know, what is a woman, and she says, I don't know. Like, how do you? There's two there's two genders. Now, if you're gay, I have no problem with that. God bless you, you know. You, if, if that's who you want to live in, in, that that that's the choices that you are making. I'm not saying it's good, and I'm not saying it's bad. Live your life, and uh, it is what it is. I if if I see you on the street and you say, I'll say, hey, what's up? How you doing? I mean, I don't have an issue with that. But what I do have an issue is when you try to put it on everybody else's face, and when you have uh, drag queens strip dancing for you know you know first grade children. Why are you teaching children how to masturbate in school and about sex and questioning them about... And I got into this in my last episode, so I'm not going to get into this too much, but identity is becoming a really, really, really big thing right now. How you identify and what pronouns you use and such. And all it is is a smoke screen. What, what it does, in a way, I kind of I see it because I could see the way these people react. Like, especially, let's say you get on the topic of pronouns. You know, somebody will say... Um, Oh, so-and-so, and this one, she goes, well, what, that's not my, you don't even know my pronoun, my pronoun is Zer, or whatever these different pronouns that they have, and they're so proud that they know all of these facts about pronouns, and they could spout off all of these different things about how the pronouns should be identified, and they're so proud of it because it's a little bit, it makes them seem like they could use big words, and they have some kind of knowledge, but it's all, it's all malarkey, it's all, you know, it's all crap, I mean, what are you talking about that there's 50 genders, you know, Let's, let's be logical here. And you're going to find that people that, that fall into this trap, um, go with them and try to have a real meaningful conversation. And if you really want to take it to the next level, have try to have a meaningful conversation with them on different topics and different things. And you're going to find that they're very, very, for the most part, one-dimensional, or at the most, maybe two dimensions. You know, they might know about law or history or something like that, but 
very, very um, close-minded people, you know. You, you have to be flexible in your thinking. Like I always say, the, uh, Aristotle said, the, uh, the sign of an intelligent person is to have the ability to entertain two opposing thoughts at the same time without being conflicted. That's, that's what Aristotle said a highly intelligent person is, is the ability to entertain two opposing thoughts without being conflicted, right? That is definitely not the, these people that are into this identity politics. And another thing with this identity politics, what it does is it pits one, one identity group against another identity group. And that's another big thing. And the main thing right now, what they don't want is they do not want people together they don't want people talking together mingling together uh for the most part now the movies they're putting out of crap um or everything that's going on right now is to separate and divide us all okay really really take a good look at this and i know that i talk about kind of like these same subjects but I'm not going to talk about a soccer game, and I'm not going to talk about you know the horoscope or some people, some witchcraft person reading tarot cards and stuff like that. I don't believe in any of that divination stuff. What I talk about is the knowledge that I know and things that are positive. So I try to do it in Spanish. We call it a sancocho. What a sancocho is is you're going to make a stew, basically it's a stew, but you put some cassava, you put potatoes, you put a little steak. I mean, a little beef. A little chick, you know, and it's a whole thing, you know, they call it a sancocho, but it's like uh, a little hodgepodge of a little bit of everything. And that's what I kind of try to do is put out um, just a lot of different diverse things that people may not have heard before. Or I try to put it out there when I'm integrating all of these different uh, aspects of our world and, and, and belief systems and problems that we're facing and kind of try to integrate them all together to try to get some sanity out of all of this. And uh, one other thing, I was talking to a friend the other day, and uh, the friend was telling me about, you know, sometimes I feel nihilistic, I feel depressed and everything like that. And I said, really, that happens to me sometimes too, but the way out of that is to keep your mind occupied and to stay very busy. Because if you're busy, you don't have time to be depressed. One. Two. I think depression arises from, from as a result of you having pent-up energy and nowhere to channel that energy because you keep channeling that same energy back into YouTube or you keep channeling that same energy back into like and the NBA finals or you keep channeling that same energy into Bitcoin. Like you got to be diversified and learn about a lot of different things in this world. You got to be what's called a renaissance man and learn about a lot of different things and keep yourself busy. You know, continuous learning, man, for, is, is really, really something. Again, there'll be times like I, I'll have, like I was been working on my house and uh, I find I literally I finished the other day and I, when I was finished, I sat down and not that I got depressed, but I'm like, okay, I better get on something else because I could kind of feel it coming on. Like I kind of started feeling like that, that, that sinking feeling. And I immediately jumped into access and started looking at some uh, coding and some, you know, the table structures and stuff like that. And I kind of got into it and man, I felt great. You know, it was great to get back into it again. So that's just like a little side note. And uh, some of the other groups, when you get in, not necessarily into identity, but as far as problems and groups of people, uh, is this whole fentanyl and the crystal meth and, uh, and even weed, man, if you abuse it. I mean, I don't have a problem with, uh, I mean, I, I did it when I was younger you know, I don't have a problem with with, the, with marijuana, to be honest with you, or cannabis, if it's if it's used kind of clinically, like if you use it to self-medicate. And again, I know there's people listening to the podcast that are in recovery, but um, 
you have so you have to proceed with caution because it, it you know you might smoke a little weed and then it's going to get you back into that phase where you want to get into like hard drugs and stuff but you know that's something that you have to be careful with but you know everybody everybody has i don't know but everybody's going to have a little thing that they do that's going to be a little bit on the um I don't want to say the questionable side, but everybody, nobody's perfect, okay? So pick your poison very carefully, you know? Don't hurt other people. Be good to your family. We all we all know the right thing to do. But, yeah, the, the drugs, man, the drugs are getting a little bit ridiculous. I, I was reading something the other day. No, I saw it on, the, uh, on YouTube. And what it was was two guys got caught in New York City with... I think it was 500 pounds of crystal meth. I'm going to repeat that. They were arrested in New York City with 500 pounds of crystal meth. Okay? Two days later, they were let out on bail. $400 each bail. And that's the end of the story. They confiscated the, dr the drugs. And uh, do, do you know how much potential damage and how many families and lives that that meth is going to destroy? But yet, back in the day, you, you get a, a young black kid or Spanish kid, you know, with one little little uh, rock of crack cocaine that's probably like 0. .000 grams, and he's going to do like, you know, a couple of years. So, but now, the pendulum has swung the other, the other way with this whole identity thing where you have, you even have people killing one another in the inner cities, shooting each other. Uh, you know, ops, you know, your oppositions and all this gang stuff. And they'll shoot somebody, kill somebody, whatever. They get brought in. They answer the right way and they let them out, you know, on probation with the with the tracking device on their ankle. And then they wear that tracking device as a, a badge of pride. And if anybody listening to my podcast is in that lifestyle, man, do yourself a favor and start finding a different way to live your life, man, because that that's that's... That's demonic, man. And they actually call themselves, they say they're on demon time. You know? Craziness, man. You people out there that, that, that know about all this culture, man, you know what I'm talking about. Take it down to the foundation of everything and realize that you have the spark of God within you right now. Whether you realize it or not. Whether you try to cover it up or deny it. That's that little voice in you when you're doing something wrong. And you have that little bit of remorse in you. There's some people that are psychopathic. They, they don't feel anything. But that's that little remorse that you feel within you. So strive, strive to, to cultivate that spark of God within you. And read the right books and listen to the right audio books and YouTube channels. And, you know, all of this posit positive stuff, you know. Check out some of, uh, some of my old uh, episodes. I... Dr. Uh, is it Dispenza? Joe Dispenza, I think it is. Or another one is Bruce Lipton. I mean, there's some really, really positive people out there putting out some really positive knowledge that, that can change your life, man. I guess the easiest way to explain it is like this. Let's say you're sitting there and, uh, you, you know, you're watching television. You, whatever. I, 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 I don't watch television. I watch YouTube and uh, BitChute. But, you know, you're watching it on uh, YouTube and you see a new device that comes up, you know, like a like a zoom lens for your phone or something, and you're like, I got to have that. I got, think back to yourself. What is making that choice in my mind that wants me to run out and spend my hard-earned money on this? Even though it could be the coolest device or gadget in the world, it could be, I'm a gadget, I like gadgets, but again, I'm kind of pulling myself away from that. Two things, first of all, if you have the money and it's not going to mean anything to you, all right, go get it. But I mean, don't, 
go into debt. Don't you know debt is the biggest sin there is, man. You know, consuming, living a life of consumption and just buying and just handing your money over to them, you know. Again, for the proverbial $300 sneakers or whatever it might be, the $500 glasses, it's all BS, man. You got to ask yourself, who's making that choice in my mind? Because there's all kind of mind control going on right now. And what you're doing is, is you're just running that script and following what they're telling you to do. Why? Because you want approval from your friends. If they see me with these sneakers, I'm going to look cool. If they see the zoom lens on, I wouldn't want friends that, that are going to be impressed by that. As a matter of fact, if, if you like something that I have cool, but I mean, just, how can I explain it? Don't, don't live a life where you're seeking the approval of other people where that if you don't have the right sneakers, they're going to disapprove of you. I don't want friends like that. If they see me with, in the, Back in the day, we would call them skips. Skips, cheap sneakers. You know, cheap sneakers that you pay $5 for or whatever. Those are called skips. And, uh, you know, if your friend sees you with skips and says, like, dude, you know, like, you know, you're embarrassing. I don't want a friend like that, you know, because he's brainwashed. So be very, very careful. And it's not just consumption. It's like, you know, taking the drugs and committing the crimes and just being a negative person and picking on people and, you know, thinking, thinking it's really cool to make yourself feel better by putting other people down. Now, if you're snapping, if you're good friends and you're getting into all, snapping, you know, making fun of one another, all right, that's cool. But you shouldn't be malicious and in, intent, your intent to, to hurt people. That's really, really bad. And that karma is definitely going to come back to you, man. You know, so try to, they say the best feeling that you could ever have is, is helping somebody. You know, you see somebody fall down. It happened to me a year ago. A lady fell down in Menlo Park Mall in Jersey. An old, black, an old black lady, and I, and 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 I noticed she was way ahead of me. She fell, and like people just kept walking by. I ran up. She was kind of heavy. She was a big woman, and I kind of older lady, and I helped her up. And as as soon as I helped her up, like three other people came and helped her up. But when I lifted her up and she gave me a look, I felt this. I can't explain it, man. But I felt this 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 love in my heart and this joy. And I didn't even know the person because because they needed help, and I helped them, you know. And it was a it was a, a beautiful thing, man. So try try pursuing your life in that way. Like I do this podcast for a reason too. And and I'll be honest with you, sometimes I really got to prepare and do some writing and take notes and do all these kind of things. And uh, like right now, I'm in my basement and it's kind of kind of hot down here because I don't want the noise of the fan to interrupt the show. So it and especially the writing part, I have to sit here and write and, and try to present this out there in a way that people want to listen to it and get some benefit out of it. So it's, it's in a way, it's not really easy, you know? But I know that uh, people benefit from it. And it gives me, you know, like like the email that I got today. I got an email again, I said, from a listener. And I, I, I felt real deep gratitude. I felt so good, man, that I affected change. Well, not so much change, but I affected somebody in a way that they reached out to me and let me know. So... At, you got to you got to see where you're going to where you're going to get your fulfillment from not happiness but your fulfillment which is much deeper than happiness happiness is temporary fulfillment is more lasting well it was great to come back and uh, drop another episode uh, again you know reach out to me tell you, tell me what you think i i'm seriously thinking about the telegram so that that might be something really cool for us to integrate and uh, communicate in that in that fashion because it's kind of free flowing and kind of cool so, yeah, let me know about that. And uh, I really do want to thank you for listening. Uh, namaste and praise Jesus' name.
Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. And check out my YouTube channel, Alpha Male Buddhist, and that's on YouTube. It is the podcast accompanied with video clips that integrate exactly with the podcast, so it's motivational and inspirational. I also have promotional t-shirts. If you go to my website, alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com, you can see the promotional t-shirts there. Reach out to me. Also, if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast, just reach out and see if I can get that done. I've been getting some really great emails and feedback from my listeners, which is great. So I want to thank you for listening and namaste.